Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Pui, Nick Verlini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern Avery Newport, happy to have you with us here. No sports broadcast for us this weekend, but Colin and I, uh, we uh, went and did a thing. We did a pretty cool thing. We went to Morgantown for the WVBA Excellence in Broadcasting Awards and our very own Nick Verzellini. Best network play-by-play, and here it is right here. Here's the plaque. Uh, you can see it now. Congratulations, Nick. Thank you, Spencer, and congrats to you as well for winning Best Sportscast. Uh, you know, the award says my name on it, but it's not all me. i got to thank the crew as well uh, for that game, so that would have been... Matt Miller, uh, his brother Daryl helped us out that day. Uh, Colin, of course, and you back in the studio. Um, we're all a part of that broadcast. And just and in Donald. General, was Donald there? Yeah, Donald was with me on the sideline. Okay. There. Oh, well, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, he was. I was going to thank Donald anyway and John for all the work that they did during the season. And uh, just big shout out to those guys because, you know, while it is a play by play, of course, my color analyst, Travis Smith. Did you forget uh, him? I did originally, but. Um, yeah, he he makes it a whole lot easier for me. But you know, without those guys, couldn't couldn't put together a good production. If you don't have a good production, you're not going to win any awards for that broadcast. So, uh, thanks to you guys as well. Yeah, and thanks to everybody, uh, whether it be Rob or whether it be the guy that came before us, Matt Miller, Matt Crawford. Um, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we did if it wasn't for them and helping us out at the very beginning. So, shout out to them. Shout out to the rest of the crew. Shout out to Mike. Uh, Mike for taking a chance on both of us last summer yep. because I mean it's hard to go from some guy that's been here for 29 years and Matt Miller a legend a hall of famer to two guys basically right out of college and we've had some learning curves along the way I mean that's what happens when you get into uh, your first jobs but I mean here we are right now and this is just the beginning so we've got a lot of baseball to do between now and the end of the summer and football season again will be all us now high school football will be all us so a lot to do, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this again next year. But uh, now let's talk some high school baseball from the weekend. Nick, we had a great game on Friday night. Uh, really a pitcher's duel. Yeah, we did. Um, going back to Friday, that was a competitive game. It was good pitching on both sides. Um, you know, it, it turned out to be a game that was in control for the most part, and then kind of got close there toward the end between Hedgesville uh, having control with Lane DeLotter on the mound. He pitched phenomenal. Um, And then uh, a comeback there toward the middle of the game. But overall, a good win for the Eagles uh, and ended up being a pretty good game, which I don't know if we expected that heading in. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know that either, but Lane DeLauder on the mound, seven innings, four hits, two runs, one earned, no walks, eight strikeouts, 87 pitches, 59 for strikes, faced 29 batters, was the winning pitcher. Uh, Then to the other side, uh, 
Herndon pitched there, and he went six innings, three hits, four runs, one earned, three walks, and four strikeouts, 99 pitches, 60 for strikes. Uh, he faced 26 batters. And uh, it was really that the, the seven and eight hole there for Spring Mills, able to get things going. Uh, Everhart went two for three on an RBI. And uh, Chinori? Uh Chenier. 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 I don't know why I was thinking Chenier. Uh, Chenier, two for three as well with one run. So that was basically that where they got to at the end of uh, the end, the towards the end of the ball game there where they were able to uh, put up, you know, back to back one with one in sixth and one in the seventh to kind of make this looking like a, a good ball game. And, and I mean, it really was. It was just that three run inning there in the third inning that Hedgesville was able to do. Um, and you look back at the uh, Hedgesville bats, uh, two for three was Connor Quinn. He had two RBIs in the game. And, uh, you know, I, this is just, you know, this rivalry here is for between Spring Mills Hedgesville is a, is a legit rivalry. I think it was a really good ball game, especially for Spring Mills, who at the time was winless. Um, and, you know, now they're not winless. They uh, uh, over the weekend, they split at Greenbrier East, got their first victory of the season. Uh, they lost game one, five to four to Greenbrier East, and won five to three in that one. So, uh, shout out to Spring Mills for getting their first victory of the season on Saturday. Um, and you know, they're just they're a gritty team. They're a real gritty team, and I think um, you know they kind of get overlooked a little bit just because of they haven't won a game yet. But I think um, they're just continuing to build their program. Well, I'm talking I'm talking about like before the weekend, okay. like they were kind of overlooked as a team but i think they're just a team that's in development that is really coming through and for spring mills cover was on the mound saturday and that wins seven innings five hits three runs two earned and two strikeouts uh only 71 pitches for the young man so not too many to get through seven innings yeah i think a big thing for spring mills uh early in this year is getting those bats to get going and uh, in particular their approach against hedgesville was a little bit Suspect, I think at times they had too many uh, first pitch swinging and then lining out or popping out and getting easy innings for Lane DeLotter on the mound. Now, some of that was DeLotter's dominance, but uh, you got to try to take a little bit better approach. And, and today will be a tough game for them against Jefferson. Um, you know, but if anything, they're going to have to have an approach where if you get in a situation presuming Jefferson's going to throw one of their better arms today and you know they're rolling early you got to still stay within yourself and uh you know make the make the pitcher work it yeah. is a big thing for them today yeah definitely so we'll have that game Jefferson at Spring Mills as a 7 p.m. first pitch 6:40 pregame show Hedgesville in action tonight at Washington that's a or this afternoon I guess what she said is a 4:30 ball game um, and then the next game we'll talk about is, or the weekend, I guess, is Martinsburg. They uh, split a doubleheader at Morgantown on Saturday. Caleb Edwards went the distance in game one, allowing three hits um, and striking out eight in the 9-0 shutout. The dogs fell short in the second ball game, though. Let me get the exact score for you. Here, let me pull up eight four. changer. It was 8-4. to four, um, and If I remember correctly, a lot of damage. Yeah, in that first inning, Morgantown scored seven runs. Um, but Carson Buber came in, settled things down, went five strong after that first one, first bad inning there for Paulson. Uh, five strong, one hit, one run, one earned, one walk, 10 strikeouts, 84 pitches facing 18 batters after uh, 
Paulson just, you know, got off to a rough start. But, I mean, the fact that Boober was able to come into that game and shut things down really kind of just shows the ability of their pitching staff to pick up for one another. Yeah, you can't complain when you're on the road against a uh, very high-caliber Morgantown team and split a doubleheader. It's tough to win, too in a doubleheader format. So the fact that you got one and it was a uh, pretty dominating win, you can be happy with. You'll have to just tweak some things and uh, move on. But Martinsburg's having a great season so far, and I don't think you have to hang your head on uh, how they did there at Morgantown. No, definitely not. And they're back in action tonight. They were scheduled to be back in action tomorrow night at East Hardy, the original game. As uh, everybody knows, we... Uh, that was originally the away game for East Hardy was game one of the season, but that game, their field wasn't ready there at East Hardy, so able to uh, have to move, switch to games that were yesterday, but due to the uh, inclement weather that's scheduled in the forecast, they pushed that game to today, 6 p.m. at East Hardy. Jefferson over the weekend, uh, they had two games that they swept on Friday night. They beat Grace Academy 16-3. to um, in that ball game, let me pull up the box score here for you. Um, it was a split game there. Uh, Day and Duncan pitched for the Cougars, um, and it was just kind of a, a solid night between everybody on Jefferson. A lot of hits in there. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys all got hit. So seven different. There's seven hits for the team. Seven guys got hits, and then they got that 16 to three victory. Saturday was more of a, a tightly contested game against South Garrett High School. They got the win five to four. Sammy Roberts went six and two thirds, allowed six hits, four runs, four and three walks, but ten strikeouts. So strikeout Sammy. There uh, and Griffin Horowitz came in to uh, shut the door there with a strikeout. So eleven total strikeouts for Jefferson in that one. Sammy Roberts though 113 pitches, so he uh, faced a lot. Was probably at that pitch count limit there when they pulled him out at the end of the ball game. They won via walk off, if I uh, remember correctly, to get the five four win. Because on our drive there to uh, yes, they did. Morgantown. Do you uh, have in front of you who got the walk-off? Because that was, I think it was a uh, single to Ryan Hefner singled so, on a line yeah. drive to left field. And uh, Vicker scored along with Morgan. So, yeah, it was a walk-off. I just, that blanked my head there. Um, and Musselman. Musselman did really well on the weekend after that tough game that they took the loss to Jefferson that we had out for the broadcast for you. They beat... Uh, as you remember, they beat Frankfurt on Wednesday, and then they were able to uh, get three wins on the weekend, beat Oak Hill 11-4 on Friday night, and then swept George Washington in the doubleheader 8-6 to and 2-1. to So uh, a lot of these EPAC teams had a very good weekend. Yeah, I'm not certain how good GW is this year. I know in the past, though, they're usually one of the better baseball programs, so that's still two quality wins for the Appleman. And a good bounce back, like you said, Spencer, You know Jefferson beat up on them pretty good. Uh, but it was just an off day for their pitching, and, and they never really settled into that ball game after getting down seven nothing. But um, you know that's a good way to bounce back, and, and a good job by that coaching staff to get those guys ready. And they're right there in contention in this EPAC, and, and there's been a lot of good competition so far out of these teams, and that's good to see too for them and, and for the league go to Charleston and get some wins. Yeah, definitely. Can't forget Washington got an 8-1 to victory on Saturday over Hampshire. And again, they're playing Hedgesville today. Uh, the other schedule for you, we'll get to the game that we have. But uh, 
uh, Musselman at Hampshire today, 7 p.m. contest. Martinsburg at East Hardy, 6 p.m. contest. And uh, Hedgesville is at Washington for a 4.30 contest. And our contest has Jefferson at Spring Mills for a 7 p.m. contest. Let's get into that a little bit, guys. Uh, Jefferson 8-1 on the season now. And Spring Mills now 1-7. But Spring Mills, as I mentioned when we just talked about, they're kind of building up their season and if they're able to steal a win away from Jefferson tonight, that'd be a big upset and a big win for the program. Yeah, it will be obviously tough. Uh, Jefferson has been, you know, the best baseball team probably around here over the years, and they're off to a great start. Uh, Spring Mills, though, got a little bit of momentum with that win the other day. I think they were pretty competitive with Hedgesville on Friday, even though, like I said, they had a few things that they need to clean up, and that kind of led to Hedgesville getting that win. Um, but I think there's a chance for them to be competitive today if they're able to play at a really high level. Uh, but it will certainly be a tough challenge for them. Um, I don't know because if they'll have the pitching today because they threw uh, their best pitcher on Friday. So I don't know if he's ready to pitch again today. Um, so that might be tough for Spring Mills. But Overall, you know, looking forward to the matchup and see how both these teams play tonight. Yeah, we saw Spring Mills really gaining momentum, even though they lost to Hedgesville there Friday. They had more hits in the uh, game against Hedgesville, and then they finally got the win this past weekend to get some momentum some more. But as Nick said uh, earlier, Spring Mills in that Hedgesville game just didn't make uh, a lot or the pitcher work there for i was correct okay thank you but if you slow the game down which jefferson did a really good job of and that's how they uh came back against washington in the game that we had even though they eventually lost they took the timeouts really made uh shipe try to just work his way through and almost made him overthink things on the mound so if spring mills can maybe do that tonight against jefferson instead of aggression i like at the plate but at the same time you can't always be swinging at that first pitch especially if as we saw on friday it's ending up being ground outs and pop-ups each time yeah definitely and you got to go back to uh you know talking about their pitcher chase herndon a week after a week removed from only going two and one third six hits nine runs four earned seven walks three strikeouts 95 pitches in just two and a third innings the friday before against martinsburg and what he did a week later kind of shows that you know he's definitely building and that you know that one game is not who he is but i i don't know if he'll be able to pitch tonight uh and whoever they pitch, it's definitely they've got a kind of I don't I don't know who their pitcher is for tonight, obviously, but they've they pitched a lot this weekend. Yeah, I would presume uh, Shipe will go for Jefferson because I don't think he said that he pitched this weekend, so yeah. that would make sense for him to pitch tonight, uh, especially if Roberts throwing all those pitches the other day. So I would presume he's starting for Jefferson, but I'm not certain who Spring Mills will throw. Uh, but could set up for an interesting matchup especially like colin said you know when they kind of took that uh when washington took more pitches and really made shipe work they were able to get to him a little bit so if spring mills can do that that could uh set up for a good game all right well that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to hagerstownford.com for more on the other side of this break 
we will talk some college hoops action as uh guess what final four happened over the weekend big uh big shocker somebody's going home forever uh and the national championship tonight we'll talk about that after this two minute break you're tuning in the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bagent. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed sealed and delivered from Hagerstown Ford let's go drink some beers Mountaineer Grill and Pub Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials including trivia night Monday karaoke Tuesday steak night Wednesday and Sunday Thursday night boneless wing night and on Friday and Saturday nights there'll be a DJ and or karaoke and remember Monday through Friday happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. two dollar domestic bottles and 250 domestic drafts let's go Drink some beers, Mountaineer Grill and The gates are open and the sun is shining here at Nets Park. So show up. They may be young, but these kids can play. Show up. And the Nationals have come from behind with two runs in the bottom of the night. And show some natitude. Single game tickets for the 2022 Washington Nationals regular season are on sale now. Visit nationals.com slash tickets and show your natitude at Nats Park all season long. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this Monday, April 4th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, TV10, Comcast Channel 10, Berkeley, Jefferson County, streaming live on the TV10 Facebook page, as well as at w under, WRNR underscore Sports Mix on Twitter. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running the board for you because it'll be a the Sports Mix with... Nick and Avery on Wednesday as Colin and I will be down at Nats Park as they're doing a uh, what's new at the ballpark media tour and uh, we'll be there hopefully we'll be able to call in and tell you about what's new at the ballpark yeah it should be exciting should be a, a fun day for Nick and I to do the show for you guys to to tour around Nats Park and see what's going on I'm looking forward to it I am as well. And uh, before we get into this topic, Spencer, uh, got some news I saw that that's relevant. I think to Marshall fans and uh, Stan Parrish, the coach of the 1984 herd, which won, had the first winning season uh, or a streak of 21 seasons after the plane crash, he passed away today. Uh, so sad mm-hmm. to hear that news. He also coached at uh, Ball State. Um, 
So Kansas State and Wabash. So Oh yeah. I did I saw something I couldn't figure out who it was. I saw a video posted about the eighty four team. The eighty four team there is really the team that kind of put Marshall back on the map. I was I was watching a little bit of it and because the guys that got there in eighty one or the guys that got there in eighty four, they were there for the national championship run there in eighty seven. And, uh, you know, it kind of started that, as you mentioned, that 20 years of, you know, what basically got Marshall to be D1 FBS or what it is now as Division 1 or what it is now as FBS was D1 1A and or was double. Which one was it? D1 double uh, was what they were yeah. in. And then they went. Yeah. Uh, but sad day. And obviously sad day in the Marshall community. Wishing his family uh, thoughts and prayers are with him and his family and all the people that he touched, all the lives that he touched. Uh, but let's move to the college basketball segment here. Final four. Uh, Nick, I'm assuming you got to watch most of that since you were back here. Uh, we were kind of tuning in a little bit in and out during the event, but weren't able to watch it until the very end. We watched the end of the North Carolina Duke game, but that first game by uh, Kansas, they kind of they really had control most of the game. Yeah, you didn't miss much in that uh, first <laughs> game, but. I, I was, it seems like that with every Final Four. I was surprised First a little always. bit that uh, Kansas blew him out, but I, I wasn't like shocked completely because we knew that Villanova had had those injuries yeah. heading in. Uh, they weren't the same team, and we know Kansas has a very high-paced offense, and Villanova is a team that slows it down. So it was either going to be that Kansas couldn't make a shot and it would be very similar to the Houston game, or they would blow him out of the water, which is what happened. And um so that that was my kind of takeaway from the first game from the second game uh just an absolute classic between duke and north carolina uh back and forth i think there was like 21 lead changes in the game um so that was you know really what you expected in the end of an error in coach k which just doesn't seem right to say as much as i dislike duke it was almost weird seeing him walk off and knowing that he never coach again uh because he's one of those guys that you love to hate. I mean, while I I respect everything he's done, you know, I just don't like Duke, but that's just okay. I still like watching Coach K coach because it's like Tom Brady. It's like Peyton Manning. Yeah. You know, those are guys that are just great at what they do. So it is weird to see the end, but, you know, give credit to North Carolina. They are a great team. Uh, Hubert Davis has done an excellent job with that program a guy that spent a ton of years on Roy Williams' bench, and now he gets his time and uh, takes North Carolina to the national championship. Um, so back in 91, we referenced the 91 year a lot, uh, he was on the team that lost to UNLV yeah. in the Final Four that would eventually uh, – or yeah, lost to UNLV, and then Duke would win the national championship. Well, now we can say uh, that Nick's conspiracy theory is out the window. Yeah, it is. I I was trying to figure out a new one for North Carolina. Maybe it was fixed for them in some way. But besides, well, it is, uh, besides Coach Williams, K's, both teams going up against each other yeah, now. That's fair, so. but he's not coaching anymore. That's true. Uh, so who does he cheer for? He's written for UNC. I believe he did say know. that. He's been on their sideline the whole time. He's been yeah. going crazy. But the only thing you can think of is that Coach K's first ever loss was to North Carolina and his lost at last ever loss. I, I love how competitive that rivalry has been. Because now after that uh, loss for Duke... It's 50-50. and 50. It, It's 50-50. They faced each other 100 times in the Coach K era. 
it was 50-50. That is the true definition of a rivalry. Spot on. Look it up in the book. And it was a great game. I was texting with Jim Klein after the game when we were there in uh, Morgantown. One, just to brag about how since his bracket was now done since Duke lost, that I was going to be the winner. So went with that, but also said the fact that I think you guys will agree with as well. That game is now an all-time classic that I don't think basketball fans are going to forget for a long time. It might be because it was UNC Duke, and UNC fans will make sure that you don't forget about it since it was the last game of Coach K and they got him, but also because it was a great game, as you said, with like 20-plus lead changes and great guys that hopefully uh, continue their basketball careers. And I think because it was... Not like, you know, you kind of talked about the, the there's always that one game that's not a great game. It's, you know, the, the Kansas 81-65 victory over Villanova. Kansas just shot the lights. Yeah, but I'm saying this one, four-point ball game, and, and, you know, no team had it won with a few minutes left. Yeah, well, I, I didn't look yet. What was the largest lead? I think Duke had it at one point before the 11-0 run for uh, – UNC there in the second half. I think it was a double-digit lead almost for him. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think I think Carolina had a five or six-point lead, maybe seven-point lead uh, in the second half there towards the end. Duke it was kinda... a largest lead for Duke was seven. Largest league lead for UNC was six. Yeah, so I mean they they both kind of you know they had a little lead here and there, but they could just never pull away, and the other team would always come back and make a couple shots and go on a run. So yeah, and you know looking Duke at just the, missed free throws. Yeah, Duke missed free throws. The two by they also the went, Mark Williams. They also went huge. five for twenty two from the uh, from beyond the arc. And while that doesn't uh, help either. Yeah, UNC went um, ten of twenty six. So you go a difference of. Uh, about 39% and about 23%. And that That's last three was the one that won the game, yeah. essentially, yes. by Caleb Love. That was the, the he dagger. He had a great game. 28 points, I think it was. He did. I think all of them came in the second half, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. I mean, he I think just... he had 25 in the second half or yeah. 26 in the second half. It was something crazy like he that. He stepped up. Manic finally showed up there in the second half because I think yeah. he had no points in the first half as well. See that this—that's the thing about this Carolina team is that they've got four or five guys that are capable of taking over any given night. I mean, you saw in the first half it was the R.J. Davis show. He was mm-hmm. the one doing all the scoring. He was carrying the heels. Then in the second half, he went quiet and Manic and Love stepped up. You know, like that's to me that's a team that has the capability to win a national championship if you have guys that can, you know, constantly rotate in and out of being your top scorer, or your top option. That bodes well for you. You know. I'm still going with uh, Kansas tonight, though. I I like that team. They shot great against Villanova, and I've said it since the beginning that that team looked like to be the national champions in my mind from what I've seen them do. Abaji looked unstoppable. Abaji is a great player. McCormick's been doing really well as well. Christian Brown. Brown, yeah. This team just seems like it's finally going to be the team to get Kansas back on top for national championship wise but I still expect a great game tonight between these two schools yeah definitely you know you look at the line for that Kansas favored by four Duke was favored by four uh in the Duke UNC matchup and and Kansas was also favored by uh four for the uh Kansas Villanova yeah but I'm taking a different side here 
I know. I'm just taking saying. the UNC side of this. Uh, they obviously know they're underdogs in this. They're obviously the eight seed. They felt the whole the whole tournament they weren't the eight seed, and I think they're going to prove that they should have had a higher seed tonight when they get the victory over Kansas. Well, one thing that's going to be in their way is the injury status of Armando Baycott because, of course, he twisted his ankle late. He'll be out there. In the Duke game. Whether he'll stand in the middle of the lane, he'll be out there. He'll be playing. That's what coach. Davis said, but well, I don't know how healthy 100%. he's going to be. Yeah, exactly. If he's a little hobbly, if he's not himself, then, you know, maybe Kansas is going to try and come up with a game plan to take him out of there, you know? Yeah, the biggest game of your year, you don't want to be a liability for your team. Right. I do remember, or I saw his uh, post game interview, and he pretty much said, you know, he didn't think he was going to come back into that Duke game and then told himself, hey, this is the greatest college basketball game of all time. I'm getting back in there. So uh, he'll be out there tonight, but it will be interesting to see his health and status. I'm going with UNC. They have just pretty much dominated a yes. lot of the best teams in the country uh, during this tournament run. I just. It's hard to pick against them. Kansas has been great at times, but they've also struggled with a few teams here and there, like Creighton and Providence, who people really didn't expect them to struggle with. Both teams are really good. It it should be a great game, uh, but I just think it's hard to pick against the Tar Heels based on the run they've been on. I mean, Kansas is the one seed, so they've been on kind of that run all year, but it always comes down to who's playing better at this time. I think slight edge to North Carolina there, but it's going to be a great game. And we got a comment here on the Facebook stream from David Wood. He has given his national championship prediction. He says that the uh, Heels are going to win it, 72-66. to 66. That's his final score prediction. So There you go. Uh, what's your prediction? I, I'm going to go with Carolina, but with a little hesitation because I do want to see how effective Baycott is, even though he's going to play hurt. Without him being 100%, I think Kansas can really make a competitive game out of it. I see like a two or three point win at most for Carolina, but I'm I'm going to pick the Tar Heels. All right, there's your pick right there. You can tune into that uh, right here on Talk Radio WRNR six thirty for the National Championship Monday Show on Talk Radio WRNR. Should we? Complain about the thing that everybody complains about each and every year with the national championship. Why, Why is it, it at so nine twenty at night? Nine twenty at so night. It's, hey, think about this though. If you're in New Orleans, it is only eight twenty. Still, devil's it's, advocate. It helps the West Coast a little bit. It's only but they are never in the national championship. <laughs> they're still going to watch the game, Colin. You don't think there's Tar Heel fans on the West Coast or Kansas fans on the West? But the Coast? hey, if your mom East. didn't go to Kansas, would you be rooting for Kansas and would you be wanting to watch this game? Because I'd still be watching the this fact, game. It's still the KU, fact that UNC it's at nine twenty gives Woods. you the ability to watch the game. It gives us the ability to watch the game, at least a good portion of it. Ah, it gives me the ability to not watch the Plus, game. Plus, a lot of the I places have to be up early. That host the Final Four are in central time anyway. Like yeah. New Orleans, Dallas, Houston. They've all hosted before. Indy, I think. Like there yeah, are a lot of cities. They could solve this issue with simply not putting it on a Monday. That's also true. Put yeah, it on a but Sunday. Every national championship is on a Monday for some reason. No idea why. Except for the women's college basketball, but they wanted to give them the prime time spot there, I guess. On there you Sunday. go. Talking about women's college basketball, South Carolina gets the 64-49 victory over UConn last night. Just a completely dominant fashion. The first quarter is really kind of what the difference was. South Carolina, 22 points, while UConn only scored eight points. That was really the catalyst there. 
Yeah, I watched most of the game, and it was—I mean, it was really an uphill battle the whole game for UConn. They got off to that horrible start. They just had a ton of turnovers, couldn't make shots. Paige Buchers, their their best scorer, wasn't really involved very much, and they just got behind too much. And you know, Carolina has a ton of size down low. Leah Boston is probably the best player in the country this year, and she just out rebounded the whole team by herself, pretty much. And you know, UConn would would go on a couple runs here and there, and they would make some shots, but they could just never climb out of that hole that they got in the first quarter. And that was really the story of the game. UConn just dug themselves into a hole, and they couldn't get out of it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so, congrats to South Carolina for winning winning the women's national championship. And that's me. the first championship game loss in Gino Ariema's career as UConn head coach. 11 yeah, and 0 though, before a- last night. Everybody knew that this was South Carolina's year. Oh, the way yeah. they've dominated. Uh, have yet to say that on the men's side about Gonzaga, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding out your living in his family-owned and operated located right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. After this two-minute break, we'll talk a little NFL. Uh, Dan Snyder in hot water once again. Are we shocked? No, but we'll get into the latest allegations on Dan Snyder and the Commanders next. After this two-minute break, you're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Or at Orsini's.com. WB Medicine is pleased to introduce seven new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Dr. Tiffany Morton, Endocrinology. Dr. Zungethan Perimpanathan, Family Medicine. Dr. Hamath Pillai, Hospitalist. Dr. Lauren Rover, Pediatrics. Dr. Ahmed Zamor, Hospitalist. Doctor of Nursing Practice, Kelly Schultheus, Urgent Care. And Dr. Levi Stevens, ENT. WB Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti when you need justice. Looking for some nightlife? Then look no further. Laddie's Bar and Grill has a full bar and kitchen, pool table, and entertainment with great food at affordable prices. You can dine in or carry out by calling us at 304-263-5233. Laddie's is open Monday through Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. We serve breakfast all day long, and our lunch and dinner specials are posted every day on our Facebook page. So stop on in to Laddie's Bar and Grill, located at 107 Lutz Avenue in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
Welcome back into this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Buenick, Virgilini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern in Newport, running the board for us this week. Uh, and on the road again. Maybe Dan Snyder will be kicked down the road after all this because everything's just compiled on, compiled on, and you know started in July of 2020. Whoa. Started in July of 2020 there uh, with the uh, news articles coming out. Nick over there should know that he shouldn't have a sound on in a live show. I didn't even know it was on myself. <laughs> so that's uh, news to me. It started with those articles that came out in the Washington Post, July of 2020, sexual misconduct, uh, sexual harassment, and then led to the name being changed from the Redskins to the Washington football team as a placeholder name. And then it kind of things just continued to go on and continued to go on. A couple months ago, it was announced that Congress was looking into all of the allegations and that there's going to be uh, roundtable discussions. And then kind of things started to quiet down. And then last week, it kind of came up that apparently, or well, it was asked at the league meetings uh, because there had been reports that Dan Snyder had been seen around the uh, – around the team headquarters after last year they kind of came out and said well tanya snyder his wife's going to take over the day-to-day operations and now apparently he's been seen at the uh at team headquarters doing stuff and uh he was they were talked uh ron rivera's quoted as saying you know i talked with the snyders about the wentz trade um and he, Roger Goodell was last asked last week at the owners' meetings about if Dan Snyder or if Tanya Snyder is still running day-to-day operations. He said they are. Then the next day, it came out that uh, apparently Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders are running two different financial books. Allegedly. Allegedly. And then it came out over the weekend that he is withhold the allegations that Washington is withholding payments from the league about the Commanders' ticket sales. Um, the House Oversight Committee, which is the one looking at all these allegations, has been investigating for months, and that was one of the site reported sightings that uh, they are named to continue, or they have said to continue going into all this. But we still haven't seen Dan Snyder, the NFL, take any action besides he's out of day-to-day operations. When is enough? enough i think this might be it i mean if you're gonna if it's true right but if if it's true i have something else to say before you say this roger cadell works for the owners yeah he's best friends with the alleged owners they're all billionaires basically roger cadell makes a boatload of money to be the commissioner and this is a problem because it appears he's just doing if you can watch on tv 10 he's just sweeping under the rug and when is it too much? When is enough enough? I mean, if you're withholding money from your fellow shareholders, then that will that's going to be the last straw for Dan Snyder. Look, all the other stuff, I'm sure the owners could excuse or could forget about. But when Dan Snyder screws over his fellow owners, that's... And you know why? He's finished. This is my opinion. But that's all they care about, is getting their money. I mean, yeah. All these other things weren't the issue when clearly if they were true as well, that's big issues. Sexual allegation, workplace misconduct, as well as numerous other things. But now is the last straw when it comes to money. Yeah. It always is in sports. We saw it with these baseball lockouts. People get mad over money. And now in the football side of things, they didn't get their money. 
I mean, the sexual uh, misconduct allegations should have been the first thing that should have gotten him out of there. That's, yeah, that's a huge that's red horrible. flag in today's yeah. day and age. And the fact that that really didn't result in any sort of punishment for him besides just taking off from day-to-day operations. Which clearly, it seems like he isn't if he's seen right. there in Washington doing things, which didn't surprise me. I said when that happened that his wife was just going to be a puppet for him. Yeah, I mean, like there, a lot of other the NFL essentially didn't even police that at all. They told him that he wasn't allowed to, to be involved in day-to-day operations, but there wasn't any kind of follow-up system yeah, with that. Yeah, and, and, you know, you see pictures of Dan Snyder, uh, certain certain things, and I think there are certain things, yes, he, he can do. Like when they bought the whole bot Sean Taylor thing, he was there uh, in pictures. I think that's acceptable because Sean Taylor— The team name change, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. He is still the but, owner. I, I think, like, any more than that is not. I don't think he should have really even spoke at the name change thing. Well, the only, he, I mean, he had been adamant for years that he wasn't going yeah. to change the name. And only until the sponsors pulled their support from the team. Is and the minority owners. Money, yeah. money, money. Exactly. Everything here leads back to money. The route to all evil is money. Nick, your Anything? thoughts? Well, I just... I mean, Dan Snyder's in the news every day, so I'm not really surprised that he's in trouble here again, and um, this might be the end. Hopefully it is, because I'm kind of tired of talking about him. (laughs) I feel like he's tired of him being the owner. Yeah. I feel like he makes news. I mean, he goes outside and he does something illegal, so... (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly, Nick. We gotta be careful. We we don't want to get sued by Daniel Snyder. Okay. He's good at doing that. He's worried about what I'm saying. Allegedly. He's got bigger problems, but yeah. Yeah. uh, All right. Well, Dan Snyder. So everybody thinks this is it. I hope. But yeah, again, if it deals with other owners and withholding money from them, that's got to be the last. Then with everything else that has happened, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I'll believe it when I see it mantra. Because it just seems like everything just keeps getting... Does does he need to be out? Yes, he should have been out two years ago. Uh, but will he be out? Probably not, because they'll just make him pay money. Which apparently he has billions of dollars because he bought the rest of the team. So, I don't know. Let's close the bore on, door on that subject. Uh, Frank Gore retires from the NFL. That's what you were getting confused with, was because you were saying Gore. Gore, Gore, yep. yes. Uh, Frank Gore retires from the NFL. He signs a one-day contract to go back with the team that he started with, the San Francisco 49ers, in his career. He ends at exactly 16,000 rushing yards, 81 touchdowns, 4.3 yards per carry, and he had nearly 4,000 receiving yards. So, all around uh, around 20 thousand yard career and uh 81 rushing yards for frank gore at 38 years old and he hasn't been effective in, in a few years we'll admit that nick said well didn't he retire a couple years ago off the air uh he's still it a staple like it he, he last played in 2020 man it's not that long ago but what did he do he had 160 he, he ran for 700 yards with the jets at age yes. 37 that's what he did <laughs> that's there fair you go. with the jets that's thank fair. you that's fair 37 years old a running back in the nfl running for 700 i mean a running back playing until he's 37 is i remarkable think it's enough. crazy that he ends his career with exactly sixteen thousand yards yep like, how do you end your career with an exact number like that? He did it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> Conspiracy That's theory. why he's retiring. <laughs> Frank Gore 
is a model of consistency and longevity, and I give him a lot of credit for that. He's, uh, in my opinion, a, either a first ballot or, or definitely a Hall of Famer. I don't know if we'll get in first ballot just because he, he doesn't have like that one season of an MVP or anything like that. Nothing like crazy, but always in the thousand to fifteen hundred yard range. He also doesn't his, have a uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter unless you're a quarterback. He does have an NFL record for most games played by a running back at 241. Yeah. So, great player. Uh, Hall of Famer, definitely. Great career. He's I thought third it was already on the all-time over. rushing yards list. You, you could argue that he's the Iron Man for football. Yeah. And yeah. what was it? I think he, when he was in college, he was in a, I said argue. a I backfield of Willis McGahee and Clinton Portis. And yeah, he did. And he was the – what was Willis McGahee picked what round? Was he a first round, second round? I think rounder? he was a second round pick. He was a second round. Yeah. I don't know exactly what Clinton Portis was, but – That 2001 Miami team is arguably the most stacked college team ever, and he was a part – he was a third string running back on that team. Didn't even play. Led by quarterback Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. Ken Andre Dorsey. Johnson. Ed Everybody Reed. else was a stud, but then they had a bum for a quarterback. And they still won the national championship. Well, he so. wasn't a bum in college. But there you go. In the NFL. But, I mean, the the fact that – let me pull this up. Yeah, so it's two second-round picks in front of you. You're the third-round pick there, and uh, you kind of make the name for – you're the guy that kind of leads the way of those three guys. I think he had the longest career of all of them. Yeah, he did. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap up this edition of the Sports Mix and talk uh, some Wizards and Capitals. That's next after this two-minute break. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with our Defensive Handgun 1 course taught by NRA certified instructors. You must have already completed the basic handgun course as a prerequisite for this course. Valley Guns 2 will conduct this class Saturday, April the 23rd. Valley Guns 2 is also accepting registrations for the Defensive Rifle Carbine 1 course April 24. Classes beginning April 3 will be held at the Valley Guns 2 Firearms Training Center located in Bloomery, West Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. 
Hi, Christian Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the Eastern Panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your April 4th, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marriage Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. You can stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. We have a revelation that I just learned or a a very interesting thing that I learned in the break. Colin and his dad are part owners of the Green Bay Packers, as you can do that because they're a public uh, entity that you can buy little pieces. I did not know you were a part owner of the Green Bay Packers. That's because it's basically nothing, dude. It's one share out of millions. I have no say, basically. I I guess I could vote and stuff, but I guess it's just cool to say, but... I didn't. You, didn't really you never matter. thought to bring that up before. But no, okay. because it doesn't matter. Yes, yeah. a paper. Hey, you're a part owner. That's that's pretty. Cool. That's pretty cool. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but, there's so only so many people that own NFL teams, and you're one of them by technicality. By technicalities, that's why. It, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk Wizards and Caps here to end the show. The Wizards won and won on the weekend. They got a big win over the Mavericks and in, a big uh, loss. And a big loss, but the big win over the Mavericks uh, was pretty big for them, honestly. And we already know, talked about this game. I could be wrong. It was Friday night. How could we, we talk previewed about it? it. Uh, yeah. Well, KCP led the way with thirty-five. Porzingis had twenty-four. He's done with the Wizards. He's done with the Wizards. But I mean, the fact that, that they beat a team that was in playoff contention is pretty good. Yeah, and then they proceeded to get blown out by another team in playoff contention. Yeah, the next again. Day. <laughs> It was kind of like a flipped game. They won 135-103 of the Mavericks, and then they lost to the Celtics 144-102. to So nearly identical kind of flips. Uh, but they're back in action tomorrow at 8 p.m. for their uh, – they've got four games remaining on the schedule. They're facing the Timberwolves. Again, we mentioned the other day, officially out of playoff contention. Team that's not officially out of playoff contention is pretty safe to at least make a wild card spot. Uh, probably make the wild card spot. There's really no much else to do. The Capitals they've now lost two straight by a total of eleven to two. They lost last night to the Wild five to one. They're back in action Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday of this week. Three games in a week after only having one in a week. Uh, and it's the Lightning, Penguins, and Bruins. Big three games coming up. I'll be at the one on Sunday against the Bruins, but. It's going to be hard for those Capitals. They got to turn immediately around after these two losses. They had a week to sulk in the last one, but they need to be a complete turnaround. If last night's loss to the Wild didn't change your mind that they uh, should have traded to get a uh, veteran yep. goalkeeper to make a pretty good playoff push, then I don't know what. They were down two nothing in the first two minutes of the game. Yeah. I, I like Vitek. I, I, he's a good goalie, but he's not at the point yet where you can trust him if you're wanting to make a playoff push to try to get Ovechkin another cup. Yeah. I because since that, that cup, you have been first-round exits ever since. Yeah. I mean, yes and no, but you didn't. 2020 wasn't really a year. Still. 
you had a, the whole play, the whole Step. weird little thing. Uh, but yeah, so the Caps back in action on Wednesday. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. As uh, it's 12.59 here in the Eastern Panhandle, uh, we'll be back on the air tonight for Jefferson at Spring Mills, 7 p.m. first pitch, 6.40 pregame on WRNR TV on YouTube and on TV 10, Comcast Channel 10, Berkeley, Jefferson Counties. And then tonight on the radio side, you can catch the National Championship game start it with Championship Monday at 6.30 from Westwood One. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix for our intern over Newport run on the board for... Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Pui saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow at 12.08.